Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we've got two episodes coming your way. This is the first one. This is really the first big night of college basketball, where college basketball is going to be in the national spotlight with the Champions Classic being on national television and a host of other good games going on as well. So we'll be previewing tonight's college basketball slate on DraftKings. And later on in the day, we're going to be previewing the RSM Classic you know, the PGA Tour golf tournament this week. So if you're here for the college basketball, make sure you stay tuned for the other sports as well. Like I said, golf is going to be coming up later today. Tomorrow, we're going to be doing a college football preview. And then Thursday, we'll be in NFL preview. Friday, I'll figure it out when we get there. All right, so enough talking. Let's go ahead and start talking about some college basketball. If you listened to my episode from last Friday night about college basketball DFS, I mentioned how DraftKings had kind of gotten a little weird with their pricing where they were upping so many guys to the nine dollars and $10,000 range and making it really hard to build lineups. Well, I think that their prices have kind of normalized to where they're going to be most of the season. You know, when you look at today's slate, they've got one guy over $10,000, that's Jalen Wilson, and then they got two guys over $9,000, that's Oscar Sheboy and Zach Eady, and then a lot in the eights and sevens. So I think that's more normal from what we're going to see all season. And also, DraftKings has updated their game logs finally. So now we can see the current, up-to-date game logs of everybody, you know, for this season. For most people so far, it's going to be about two games. Now... Before we start the preview, I do want to point out, if you would like to see my full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, and make sure you are following me on Twitter for stats, facts, nuggets, and if you want to ask me any lineup questions or start shit questions, please reach out to me on Twitter, that's at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so let's start, let's go game by game. So the marquee game of the night is Duke and Kansas. The over-under in this game is 144.5, which is the fourth highest on the slate. Now, you will hear me mention this quite often, but I do love looking at Ken Palm rankings to help make lineups. And so one ranking that I look at on Ken Palm is tempo. Neither team, Duke or Kansas, is in the top 100 or the bottom 100 in tempo on Ken Palm. Now, that might be a combination of, you know, new guys playing with each other, you know, weak opponents so far. So I don't know if this will stand or not because these are typically two fairly high-tempo teams. But I do think that over-under of 144.5 is pretty accurate. I think this game will be in the 70s. Now, when you talk about Duke, it's my personal belief that DraftKings still has Jeremy Roach overpriced. In his first two years at Duke, he was never really a high-usage guard. He was just kind of there. And... I don't think that all of a sudden he is this, you know, massive high usage player. You know, he's a good player. He's he's going to start. He's going to play minutes. He's going to run the offense. But I don't think he is worth as much as DraftKings currently has him priced at. Kyle Filipowski is their big man, taking over that start and center role from Mark Williams. He has been very solid in Duke's first two games, and he only plays 23 minutes a game. So I kind of have a feeling that, you know, now that they're playing some real competition in Kansas – maybe they're going to play Filipowski a little bit more. I think that their advantage in this game will be their size down low, and so Filipowski would be the guy to take advantage of that. Mark Mitchell will likely be Duke's best player over the course of the season. He is currently their leading scorer, and honestly, he's kind of affordable on DraftKings for a guy that's going to be this team's leading scorer. Another guy that interests me is um, their senior, which Duke doesn't have a whole lot of, Ryan Young. He's a rotational big man. He hasn't really played a whole lot until this season. And he's getting about 20 minutes a game right now. And 
I don't know if that is because of the weaker opponents and, you know, John Shire just emptying his bench or if he's actually going to be a piece that factors into big games. But I think he's definitely worth a shot, especially in a GPP. I think he's going to come in low owned. And I think if he does happen to get more minutes, maybe Filipowski and Mitchell get in foul trouble. If he does get those minutes, he can he has a chance to score some serious points. On the other side, Kansas, Jalen Wilson. I mentioned him earlier. He's the only player above $10,000 on DraftKings. He's been great so far this season. He's been the Jalen Wilson that Kansas fans have been expecting the past two seasons. And I don't know. Like, yeah, he's great. He's outstanding. This is a good matchup. This is a good spot for him. But that's a huge price tag. Like $10,000, I would be more inclined to spend down and get um, and pay for Oscar Sheboy, whether or not he's playing, if he was playing, Um than I would be to pay $10,000 for Jalen Wilson. I just don't know if I can get there on that price tag. However, with Kansas, I do think there's a lot of value in their guards. Um, they kind of they play three of them a lot of minutes, and those three are all going to see a decent bit of usage and all going to see a decent bit of production. First one's Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCuller. They also have true freshman Grady Dick, who is kind of their sharpshooter. And then they also have junior Dewan Harris. Now, he's an interesting one for me. He's kind of the point guard of this team. And I really thought that Drake transfer Joseph Yusufu was going to win this job in the offseason, but Dewan Harris won it. So Dewan Harris is the team's point guard, and you know he's going to be getting a lot of assists over to Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick and those other guys. Marquee game number two, Michigan State versus Kentucky, the other part of the Champions Classic. The over-under in this one is 141.5, which is the third lowest on the slate. And when you talk about Kentucky... It all depends on the status of National Player of the Year Oscar Sheboy. My guess, based off of everything that I've read, is that he does not play. He might. He might not. We don't know yet. Make sure you stay tuned. You know, follow uh, John Rothstein on Twitter. Is probably going to be the guy that breaks the news the quickest. There's all kinds of beat writers. If you just type in Oscar Sheboy's name, then something will pop up closer to tip-off. My guess is he does not play. And if he does not play, that opens the door for Jacob Toppin, younger brother of Obi, to be the big offensive piece for this Wildcats team. He is looking to take a big jump from year two to year three. And I don't know, I kind of think he can do it, especially if Sheboy's going to be out. They're going to be running their offense through Jacob Toppin. Now, Sheboy being out opens up a can of worms at the center position. So far this season, Ugana Anyeso and Lance Ware have both played about 20 minutes per game. And honestly, if you played them on DraftKings, they've paid off their salaries very easily. Like those are two guys that if Sheboy continues to be out and something else happens, more on that in a second, then those two guys are going to kind of combine for some decent production and they should be able to pay off both of their salaries. Now, Damian Collins is supposed to be Oscar Sheboy's backup. He has not played this season due to a personal matter. And if he is back, he is going to be the guy to play if Sheboy is out. So not only do you need to check on the status of Oscar Sheboy, but if you're interested in playing in Yeso and where, you got to check on the status of Damian Collins. I do not think that Damian Collins being there would eat into minutes or production for Jacob Toppin. I think Toppin is a better offensive player than Damian Collins. For Kentucky, I think their best bargain is guard C.J. Frederick. He was an outstanding bargain last Friday night. He is a great shooter who is a – it wasn't Friday night, was it? I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, he was a great bargain the last time he was on DraftKings, and he is a great shooter who is a starting wing. He's going to play a lot of minutes for him, and he's severely underpriced on DraftKings. For Michigan State, Joey Hauser really struggled against Gonzaga, so his average is going to look much lower than it probably is going to be You know, after eight or ten games. And 
my guess is based on his usage, he's going to settle around and be about a 25 fantasy point kind of guy. He is the best offensive player on this Spartans team, so they are going to be running things through him. For Michigan State, I do like A.J. Hogard a lot. Tom Izzo, you look at the history, you look at, you know, Keith Appling, you know, Keith Lucas, uh, Cassius Winston. There's a whole lot of point guards that Tom Izzo has run this offense through. And this year, A.J. Hogard is the guy that is going to be running that offense. Now, Marvin Hall and Tyson Walker are two consistent starters that, in my opinion, have a high floor and a low ceiling. Playing both those guys in cash games on DraftKings is absolutely an option, but I'd probably avoid them for GPP purposes. They're going to see a lot of minutes, but they're not going to see a lot of usage. And Michigan State did show us Friday night how they would play a dominant big man. They got to play Gonzaga against Drew Timmy. And the guy that played most of the defense against him, this was a great game to watch, was Matty Sissoko. And so if Oscar Shibway is back then they're going to need to get some minutes out of Matty Sissoko just like they did when he played against Drew Timmy. All right, that covers it for the two marquee games. Let's now break it down the rest of the slate game by game. Before we start, I do have a small correction to make. I got my Michigan State point cards mixed up. It was Kalen Lucas, not Keith Lucas, and I also failed to mention Travis Trice. So um, still, strong history of point guard play at Michigan State. Anyway, let's go game by game here. Northwestern at Georgetown. It's one of the first ones to tip off tonight. The over-under is 145, and this one is a pick -em. Now, what's really interesting about Georgetown on DraftKings is that they played their starting five really, really heavy, heavy minutes, heavy production, and it shows as they are all above $6,900 on DraftKings. For that reason, I do not see a whole lot of value in playing any Georgetown Hoyas tonight. Now, you might get lucky with one of them that is in the starting five, but they're fairly balanced. They don't have one dominant guy. And I just, I don't know, I'm not seeing a whole lot of value in playing any of those five guys. Now for Northwestern, they've got three guys that I think are, you know, worth a shot on DraftKings. The first one is Boo Booey. What a name. He's a legitimate triple-double threat, and he's only $6,900 on DraftKings. I believe he averages over six rebounds and six assists. Now, if he does actually do a triple-double in college basketball, it's insanely impressive, and it's going to mean a lot of DraftKings points. Other guy is Robbie Baran. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a very high usage player when he's in. He gets a lot of points and a lot of rebounds, and he is only $5,400. And then to fill out their big three, the guy that is third on their team in shot attempts is Ty Berry. He's only $5,200. When you look at their usage rates, these three tower above the rest of Northwestern. And when you look at shot attempts, these three tower above the rest of that team. So if you're playing anybody on Northwestern, those three guys, in my opinion, are all affordable and all carry a lot of upside because you know they're going to have the ball in their hands. Next game up is going to be Vanderbilt at Temple. This game has an over-under of 136, which is the second lowest over-under of the slate. Vanderbilt, honestly, they don't score a whole lot of points. You look at their two offensive outputs the first two games, it has not been impressive. They are really missing the guys that left, including Scottie Pippen Jr. And so if they're not scoring a lot of points... They're not scoring a lot of fantasy points. In my opinion, their best value might be Colin Smith, who came on really strong in the Southern Miss game. He played 27 minutes and had 26 fantasy points. And at his current price tag, that's well worth a look. Now, he was not as good in game one against Memphis, but we're looking for upside here. He might be a guy that has some upside because I'm not seeing a whole lot on the rest of that Vanderbilt roster. For Temple, I don't think there's a whole lot of identifiable value on this Temple squad either. The only one that I will go out of my way to mention is Jameel Reynolds. He had 31 fantasy points against Villanova, and he's only $4,400. 
I just think that Temple, I think that DraftKings did a really good job of pricing them and maybe leaned into pricing them a little bit too much when it comes to Temple's starters and their star players. Next game that I do need to talk about is New Mexico at SMU. This game has an over-under of 151, which is the highest of the slate. New Mexico has scored 80 or more points in both games so far this season. Now, as far as like the guys that we're going to spend up on go, I really like New Mexico's top three options. Jaywin House, in my opinion, could be much higher priced than 7900 when you look at his game log, when you look at his usage rates. He's a really good player. He's used a lot. He's on the floor a lot. $7,900 is a great price tag for him in the game that's the highest over-under of the night. Jamal Mashburn Jr., which makes me feel really old that there's a Jamal Mashburn Jr. in college basketball. He's a really balanced wing, and he doesn't have to score points to have a great fantasy night. He rebounds the ball. He assists. He gets blocks and steals. So, when you're looking at for somebody that's a top option that doesn't need to score, he's a very solid option for that. Now, for a big man, I watched the SMU Dayton game Friday night, more on Dayton later, um, and they could kind of be had down low. Deron Holmes of Dayton really did a lot of work down low against that SMU team, and if New Mexico is going to follow that model, Morris Oduzi, Morris Udu, Morris Udezi. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Morris Udezi is going to be that guy that can punish SMU down low. That was a tough name, y'all. All right, now on the other side of things, for SMU, I know a little bit about this team because, like I said, I watched them Friday night. Feo Odigi is a low-usage big man who needs rebounds and blocks to be fantasy viable. He's going to be out there on the floor, and he doesn't score a whole lot, like, at all. So he's going to be needing to get rebounds and blocks to be fantasy viable. In a high-tempo game, that's definitely an option. Like I think he's a little overpriced in my opinion, but I think that he's definitely an option because the more possessions there is, the more rebounds and blocks he's going to get. For SMU, Samuel Williamson is the guy I want. He averages 30 fantasy points a game and is only $5,900. When it came down the stretch of the Dayton game and SMU needed buckets, he was the guy who kept them in it for a long, long time. He is their guy. He is their best player, and $5,900 for a team's best player? Sign me up for that. Zurich Phelps is a guard who struggled a bit against Dayton. You know, Dayton's a tough team to play for guards because they're very long. They pressure you full court sometimes, and they're just they're tough defensively. So, you know, I definitely think he's worth a look at $4,800. People might stay away because of how poorly he played against Dayton, but he showed his ceiling with 41 fantasy points on opening night. $4,800 and a ceiling of 41 fantasy points. Again, sign me up for that. Now, another guy that intrigues me, this is solely a punt play. Jalen Smith is $3,100. He is their starting two guard, but he gets basically no usage. Like his job is like to just show up and play defense and stand in a corner on offense. So he's going to be out there on the floor. If you think that in an up-tempo game, he lucks into some open threes and some rebounds and some assists, go for it. But I don't know. He's not going to get consistent usage. As a punt play, he's definitely an option. A few more games. Marquette at Purdue is the next one. In this one, the over-under is 147.5, which is the second highest on the slate. Marquette, you know, they're getting back to – Shaka Smart is getting back to his old ways. They are third in the nation in tempo. They play very fast. They can bring out a full-court press, and they're pretty solid. And everybody on Marquette is under $6,000 on DraftKings. Their whole top four players, all the way down to Cam Jones, appeal to me. With the over-under being so high in this game, with the point total being so high, I definitely think that all four of those top Marquette options are viable to play in DraftKings tonight. For Purdue, Zach Eady is who everything revolves around. 
However, Marquette, if there were ever a team that could run Zach Eady off the floor and just play at a super fast tempo and make him tired and make him guard in the perimeter and make it so that he can't be out there, Marquette would be a team that could do that. So while I think Zach Eady can dominate, I don't know how many minutes they're going to be able to get out of him in this up-tempo game. So if that happens, much like last year how Travion Williams was the beneficiary of the non-Zach Eady games, like if you could just identify that there was a Zach Eady game that was not going to work, then Travion Williams was the guy you played. Well, he's gone. This year, it's going to be Caleb first that's going to be that guy. He is their backup four or five. He plays some minutes with Zach Eady together, and he's going to be the guy that if they run Zach Eady off the floor, he's going to be getting those minutes and getting that production in his place. Next up is Memphis at St. Louis. So Memphis, I think, has some decent options. At the top, their big three of Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams, and Alex Lomax are all solid options. And if you're looking for a bargain on Memphis, I think Malcolm Dandridge is a solid play. All four of those guys are going to see a decent bit of minutes and a decent bit of usage. For St. Louis, Yuri Collins, best assisting player in the nation. However, he's dependent on assists to be fantasy viable. I don't think I'm going to get there paying that price tag for a guy whose fantasy purposes is solely tied up in assists. Francis Okoro is a decent option, but when you look at Travis Ford's St. Louis teams, over the years, they have done really well in the A-10 because he recruits athletes that, when they show up in the A-10, are going to be the best athletes on the floor. And they tend to do really well in the A-10 with that. Like They play really well against the bottom of the A-10. But when they play somebody like a Dayton or a VCU in the A-10 that can match them athletically, they tend to struggle. And when they play Power 5 conference teams, they tend to struggle. They made the NCAA tournament a few years ago by winning the A-10 tournament and immediately just laid an egg in the NCAA tournament because they weren't more athletic than the Virginia Tech team they were going against. So Francis Okoro is their athletic big man now, and he's good. But I think Memphis's athleticism is going to give him issues. Javon Pickett is kind of the same way. He's the guard version. He's a great athlete. He's a good player. But I think that Memphis's length and athleticism is going to give him trouble. Javante Perkins is the St. Louis guy that I would want on my team. He was their best player in the 2021 season. And he had a knee injury last season, I believe it was, and missed the entire season. And so you're talking about getting a team's best player at about $6,000 on DraftKings. That's a lot of upside right there. If he gets back into his old ways, he is going to be a guy that's going to blast that price tag. He's got a lot of upside, Javante Perkins. All right, last game of the night is San Diego State at Stanford. Lowest over-under of the slate at 135. Doesn't shock me at all. Stanford has been incredibly inconsistent offensively. They only scored 50 points against Wisconsin. And San Diego State's a great defensive team. Honestly, I'm skipping Stanford altogether. None of their guys appeal to me tonight. For San Diego State, Nathan Mensa is their defensive anchor. He's, he seems like he's been there forever, but he's going to get a lot of blocks, a lot of rebounds, maybe even some points. But he is the guy that is the anchor of that defense, and he's going to play a lot of minutes so that he can anchor that defense. Now, Darion Trammell is their bucket getter. And, you know, if this game does in fact pop or San Diego State does run away with it, it's going to be a result of Darion Trammell going out there and scoring a lot of points. Doesn't fill it up in a whole lot of other categories, but that dude can score. Lamont Butler is their lockdown defender. He is going to be getting a lot of minutes because of his defense. And if you need evidence of that, he's averaging five steals through two games. That's insanely impressive. Also, I normally stay away from small college basketball slates, but tonight's 11 p.m. slate really does intrigue me 
because as I mentioned on the podcast earlier, there's some teams that I know better than others, and the Dayton Flyers are one of them. Texas is another. All of the big North Carolina teams I know well as well. So the Dayton Flyers being in this 11 p.m. slate, I think there's a lot of value to be had. Deron Holmes is their best player. He is their high usage guy. He's basically filling in the OB top and roll in Anthony Grant's offense. Now, one thing you do need to monitor when you look at this game, though, is whether or not Malachi Smith and Kobe Brea do, in fact, suit up. I think it's actually very likely that Kobe Brea shoots up. He is their sharp shooter off the bench, and he can absolutely fill up the stat sheet when he gets minutes. Now, if you're looking for value on Dayton, Mongolian Mike, Mike Shravjumps, he is a really fun player to watch. He's a 6'8 point guard. He's really good on both sides of the ball. And at only $5,200 on DraftKings, that's a really good value. So if you're looking to play that late night slate tonight, fill it up with some Trojans, fill it up with some Flyers. Both those should be pretty good games. And I think that those two teams are going to be the two big winners tonight. All right, y'all. So that does it for this Tuesday's slate. Hopefully, I got gave you a lot of names that you can fill into your DFS lineups tonight. Um, personally, I'm thinking of tonight might be a night to stay away from the very tip top of the board and play with a lot of values, a lot of decent, solid, high-priced options instead of going all the way to the top and getting the nine and $10,000 guys. But we'll see how it goes. Anyway, if you want to see my full DFS lineups and how I built out my lineups, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you're following me on Twitter for updates, stats, facts, lineup questions, start sick questions. Follow me on Twitter. Reach out to me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll be more than happy to help you out. All right, y'all. Make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the week. We got golf coming up later today, college football tomorrow, NFL on Thursday, and then a surprise on Friday. If you're here for the college basketball and you enjoyed it, please rate and subscribe. Please get the word out and please stay tuned for the other sports episodes. Thank you guys for listening. I will see y'all next time.